All right, good morning to those of you who are here in person. Good morning watching online. Uh, my name's Dave, I'm the lead pastor here. And uh, as Taylor said, we've been in this series since January, the first Sunday in January called Ducks in a Row. Uh, but it, it may be your very first time here this morning. It may be your first time watching. Just to put your mind at ease, we, we use our series to kind of give us a, an umbrella of a, a topic that we can speak about. But each Sunday is a standalone message. So if you're here on week five, don't feel like you've tuned into a Netflix series and you're like, missed the four, first four episodes, you won't have a clue what's going on. Uh, this morning's will be a, a standalone message. But the idea behind this series as we kicked off our new year was that uh, for many of us, New Year's is a great time to bring some New Year's resolutions, to change some bad habits, to, to put some new habits in place. Uh, so we, we've coined this phrase to, to get your ducks in a row, and we've been looking at some different areas of our life, our time, how we spend our time, our work, our school, um, faith, our, our relationship with Jesus, where we're at in that. Are we still uh, trying to check it out, wondering what we believe? Have we made a decision to follow Jesus? And we're, we're growing in that. And then last week, Whitney's spoke and did a fantastic job talking about family and uh, getting our priorities straight and just maybe getting our ducks in a row when it comes to family. And this phrase that we've used a lot throughout this series is that our goal in putting our ducks in a row is that we want to be people who live proactively instead of reactively. Okay, proactively instead of reactively. And this, this works with every one of these messages we've done because um, if you're like me, I get frustrated when in different areas of my life I find myself just keep reacting to different situations instead of having a plan. Instead of putting a plan in place, instead of having something that come out of proactive solution, instead of getting my ducks in a row in this area of my life. So I hope through this series, uh, you've been looking at some different things, thinking, I want to be more intentional here. I want to be proactive. And this morning, we're going to close out this series with one last area uh, where I think many of us could make that decision to become more proactive in this area of our life. And that area is marriage. And even as I said that word marriage, I felt like I should say it the way that lots of people asked me to say it when I first came to America. And I had no idea why, but they're like, just say marriage. And I was like, why? What's marriage even mean? But apparently there's a very popular movie here in America and everyone wanted me to say the word like that. So I will try and keep using the word marriage and not marriage uh, throughout the rest of this message. But um, I want to talk about marriage this morning, about how we can get our ducks in a row. But before I start, listen, if you're here this morning, if you're single, if you're single again, please don't think that this isn't for you, okay? A uh, couple of things. Number one, I want to make sure that you understand that this topic isn't in any way to diminish where you find yourselves right now at this time of being single. Um, the Apostle Paul, we read a lot of his teaching in the New Testament. He was single. Uh, the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah was single. John the Baptist was single. Jesus was single. Um, every few weeks, Taylor Swift is single. So there's a, there's a lot of people out there, okay, who, who are single. So there's, no, um, there's nothing wrong with that stage of life that you find yourself in. We're not saying that marriage is better than single, anything like that. But... The other thing I want to say is that even though we're speaking this morning, even though I'm going to be speaking within the context of marriage and, and the marriage relationship, I think what I'm talking about transcends even marriage. I think this can be the way that um, kids can be with their parents, parents can be with their kids, you can be with your friends. There's just some great relationship uh, principles here that work well in marriage, but work well in all of our relationships. So 
Why talk about marriage at all? We've got five weeks, five ducks to talk about. Why, why should one of them be marriage? Well, because if we are here this morning and we're married and we're honest with ourselves, this is probably an area of our life where we can't just assume that things will be okay. We can't just live reactively. That Really, for a healthy marriage, we should live proactively. We should maybe get some ducks in a row. You see, the truth is that over time, marriages grow and change. And I was thinking about it as I was preparing my message. I remember when Casey, my wife, and I, when we started dating, 22 years ago, we've been married 22 years. I remember I would drive to her house to pick her up. I'd get out of my car. I'd go and knock on the door, and instantly the door would fly open because she'd just been waiting there for me to get there. She, she you know, looking out the window, I had cologne on, and we got in the car, I'd got the mixtape ready, you know, we, we, the tunes were planned all the way we were going, we would drive for a, a very romantic dinner at an exclusive restaurant here called Cheddar's, uh, some of you may have heard of it, it's a very fancy restaurant that used to be around in Peoria, uh, we'd have something glamorous like chicken fingers, and then uh, for dessert we'd share a cookie monster, I mean it was like the perfect date night. It was like a, a movie, like a romantic comedy. Uh, in the film version of my life, Hugh Grant will be me. It's that, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of the, the situation, if you can imagine it. But then life happens. 22 years now, Casey and I have been married, and, and life's got busy, and things have changed, and, and we've kind of got more uh, used to one another in our marriage. And that picture-perfect fairy tale romance that I just described 22 years ago sometimes looks a little bit more like this. Hey, uh, you see my Sports Illustrated? No. Are you sure? Because I, I left it here a couple of days ago. Yeah, well, I don't know, but we have to eat, and there's always piles of everything everywhere. Oh, you threw it out, didn't you? Look, I'm just saying, if it was there for days and it didn't get put away, then, yeah, there's a chance it got thrown out. Okay, look. Here's the rule. Don't touch my stuff. No, no. No, here's the rule. Put your stuff away. What, you, you just, you love throwing my stuff out. You'd be happy if the mailman delivered my magazine right into the garbage. You got me there. No, come on, this is my house too. If I put something there, I should be able to get to it when I get to it. You know I'm a slow reader. There's a very simple solution to this. Put your stuff away. What? No, no, don't touch my stuff. Put it away. Don't touch it. <laughs> it. Don't. I will not touch it if you put it away. I will put it away when you're done not touching it. Genius. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to the bathroom. Or did you throw that out too? I found this really funny clip I'm going to show. Unfortunately, it was a day that she'd spent most of the day putting my stuff that I'd left out away. So uh, some of the comedic value of the uh, clip was lost a little bit on her. Uh, and if we're honest, I, I feel like every episode of Every Day, Everybody Loves Raymond is like something from my marriage. But um, 
how did that happen? How, how, how does it happen when we start this dating relationship and suddenly we're, we're arguing over who's got to put away whose stuff? It's because if we're not proactive, if we don't intentionally put our ducks in a row, we'll find that, that our relationship, our marriage can decline. So we have to work hard. I think what we sometimes forget is that relationships require effort. Relationships require effort. Good relationships don't just happen by accident. They happen because two people have made a commitment to work hard together to make that relationship strong. Listen to what Paul, who wrote a large part of the New Testament, he, he actually spoke a lot about love and even about marriage as well. And uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 28, he gives us this inspiring, encouraging words. He says, those who get married will have troubles. All right, there's some good news for you at church this morning. Those who have married, who get married, will have troubles. I think next time you get invited to a wedding, you should try and find a, a Hallmark card with that phrase in the middle. Uh, give that to the couple. Congratulations. You're going to have troubles. Here's a toaster. So um, I think the reason that these troubles catch us off guard is because maybe our concept of marriage in the first place was wrong. You see, I hear this a lot. Um, people say, well, when, when I find the right person, my troubles will disappear. Yes, I've got troubles now, but it's because I've not found the right person. I feel so lonely. But once I find the right person and we get married, that will all go away. A lot of the dating relationships I've been in have ended because we've always argued and fought all the time. And, and it's because I haven't found the right person. When I find the right person, we'll never argue or fight. Or right now, I'm just really struggling with financially. I, I, I just always seem to be in debt, credit card bills piling up. And, but if I can just find the right person, that'll change. Well, it might change if you find a wealthy person. But the reality is that that may be an issue that you've got. And just finding the right person won't solve that. Because, and here's what I think we just need to keep reminding ourselves all the time. Marriage isn't about finding the right person or isn't just about finding the right person. Marriage is about becoming the right person. Becoming the right person. There is a, 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 an emphasis on us to say, I, I want to find someone and I want to become the right person for that marriage. Because ultimately, marriage is not designed for you to get something from someone. It's designed to be a relationship where you give something to someone. And just that change in mentality of what can I get from this relationship as opposed to what can I give in this relationship can make such a difference. Because you see, marriage won't solve your problems. But marriage actually doesn't create your problems. Marriage just reveals the problems. It just reveals the problems. But the great news is, you've now got someone who you can do life with, who can help you become a better person, and you can help them become a better person. But it won't just happen by accident. We have to be intentional. We have to get our ducks in a row. So Casey and I were talking this week, Casey's my wife, and um, I, she knew us talking about marriage, so the two of us sat down, and we tried to look at our relationship and tried to pull out a few things that we felt have helped us in our relationship over our 22 years together, and uh, we've come up with two ducks that we're going to talk about this morning, two ducks we want you to get in a row. So the first duck, okay, is make time. Make time. The very first week in this series, we talked about time, and it's such a, uh, a valuable asset we have. So it's important for a healthy marriage, for a healthy relationship, for us to be intentional about making time for the other person. 
Healthy marriages don't just try to find time for one another. Healthy marriages make time for one another. I mean, think about it. When you first met, when you first started dating, some of you here this morning are at that stage of life where uh, you're very early on in your relationship, you're still dating, but it's like you've got all the time in the world. There's not a huge amount of responsibilities in life, so you get to spend a lot of time together. But when we get married and we start to have a family and work and house and, and, and life creeps in, we just start to get busier and busier. I have three children, three wonderful children. Growing up, my sons loved playing soccer, so they were both on travel teams. So that had us moving around a lot, traveling to different places to watch them play soccer. I have a daughter who likes horse riding and art projects, and they always needed a little bit of extra help. We have a dog, two cats. This week, I spent 24 hours fixing a toilet in my house. True story. I know. I know some of you are sitting there thinking, Dave, I don't think it should take 24 hours to fix a toilet. You are correct. It shouldn't take 24 hours to fix a toilet. It took me 24 hours to fix a toilet. That's taken into account the 11 trips I had to make to Menards to keep going and buying and returning and buying the other part, and that didn't fit either, returning that. I could have done all this in one trip, but no, I had to keep going. We get busy. Life gets in the way, and before you know it, you're not getting that quality time together. So Casey and I, we've just been really intentional in our marriage to, to, to make sure we get time together. On a daily basis, at the end of our day, either before or after dinner, we try to, to shut down the laptops, put the phones away and, and just sit. And it may only be 10, 15 minutes, but just have a quality conversation. Catch up on our day, catch up on the news. Just, just see what's going on with one another. Emma, our daughter, she's 13, she's fantastic and she just loves to spend time with us and, and she would tell you if she was here now that there are times where we're like, hey Emma, you need to go find something to do because mum and dad want to spend some time together here because she would sit with us this entire time if she could. But we want uninterrupted quality time together. We try to do date nights or date days when the kids are in school. Sometimes we'll, we'll try and get away for a night or two. And we love going on vacation as a family, but sometimes it's nice just for me and Casey to go away, just the two of us. Even if it's just a night in Chicago or St. Louis or somewhere nearby just to, to celebrate an anniversary or a birthday. Because now we're at a stage of life where we can do that and we end up at a restaurant that's a little bit nicer than Cheddar's. I get to eat steak. You know, I mean, we still split a cookie monster at the end, but you know, we can actually eat in some nice restaurants and have some quality time together. But we have to be intentional in doing that. Peter, one of the disciples, he wrote a letter. He wrote a couple of letters in the New Testament. In 1 Peter 4.8, he says this, Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. I love that verse. I love the idea behind that verse when Peter says, continue to show love for one another, this deep love, because love covers a multitude of sins. When I hear that verse, I think about it in the context of time and, and your relationship. It's almost like a bank account. That time you spend, that quality time you spend with your spouse, you're investing into that relationship. You're showing deep love to that person at that time. And like any bank account, when you make those investments, you can handle a few withdrawals. You can handle some of the bumps and the hiccups of the relationship because love has this ability to cover over a multitude of sins, Peter says. It's almost like the, the, the things that go wrong, the bad things, they're, they're covered by that investment of love. So duck number one, make time. 
Our second duck this morning is lean in. Lean in. This is a phrase that Casey uses a lot in our relationship, and uh, I'm so thankful to her for it. I'm, um, I, I tend to be a little bit of an optimist. You know, I'm like, everything's fine. We're doing great. No, no, you know, and I'm, I'm real kind of optimistic. And sometimes she says, hey, maybe we should lean into this a bit. Maybe we should go a little bit deeper in this conversation. Maybe we should talk about this a little bit more. You see, there are seasons in marriage. And if you're not careful, there's a temptation to buy into this idea that if you're facing a difficult season right now, that this is all there is, that it's never going to change. But there's a reason that it's called a season. The seasons come and go. This morning, as I'm driving here, as I do every year around this time, I'm asking, why do I live here? Why am I living in central Illinois? I'm scraping the snow off my car. I got friends who are posting pictures from tropical paradises, Florida, California, London, England, these beautiful, hot, sunny places around the world. And I find myself thinking, why do I? Because I know that not too long, a month or so, this season will change and the sun will come out and I'll start to remember why I like living here. It's a nice place. For about two or three weeks, then the humidity will kick in. Then I'll start questioning why I'm living here again. But seasons come and go. And the same is true in our relationships. There have been seasons in Casey and I's 22 years of marriage where where for whatever reason, we've not been on the same page around a situation or, or there's been some struggles. And it's felt like winter. It's felt cold and icy. So we've had to fight to stay connected during that time, knowing that that season will pass and a new season will come. We've had to remind ourselves we're on the same team. We should be one another's biggest fans. And the option would be to avoid it and not go there and just pretend everything's fine and sweep things under the rug. But I think the duck that some of us needs to get in a row this morning is is to lean in and to choose during those seasons to, to, to work through this. Something that's helped Casey and I in this, and I hope it helps you this morning, is that in our years of being married together, we've, we've kind of grown, and, and as we've got to know one another better and learn more about one another, we've started to understand the difference in our relationship between the tensions and the problems. Because there's a difference between tensions and problems. I'll explain what I mean by that, okay? There are, there are some things in your relationships that are problems, And they need addressing. They need to change. But there are other things that you're going to discover are actually just more like tensions. There's a relationship expert. His name's Dr. John Gottman. He talks about this idea of tensions. And he says this, 70% of the conflicts in our relationship are perpetual because they are hardwired into who we are as people. 70% of the conflicts in our relationships are perpetual because they are hardwired into who we are as people. So what he's saying there, this is encouraging to hear, 70% of these conflicts are not going away. They're perpetual. That's good news this morning, isn't it? (laughs) Because they're hardwired into who we are. But if we recognize them just as tensions, it'll change the way we view them. Let me explain. When you got married, um, you just loved this person. There was nothing, you know, you're you just falling in love, that kind of thing. But as time goes on, you start to realize that because you're different genders, because your personalities are different, because you were raised in different families, that, that there are things that are different about each other. One of you is a morning person. The other's a night owl. 
One of you loves to spend, the other loves to save. One of you is an extrovert, the other's an introvert. One of you is a clean freak, the other one, not so much. One of you enjoys romantic comedies, the other likes good movies. See, there are these differences, you know, between one another. (laughs) And if we're not careful, those become conflicts, whereas in actual fact, they're just simply tensions. They're just differences between you and your spouse. So rather than constantly fighting over the tensions that will never go away, we need to grow in understanding who our partner is, understanding more of their point of view. Solomon was one of the wisest people who ever lived, and he wrote this in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 3. He said, joyful is the one who finds wisdom the one who gains understanding. Wouldn't it be great if one of the ducks we decided to get in a row for 2021 is, I want to be, as a spouse, I want to be able to grow in wisdom and understanding. I want to be wiser. I want to understand my spouse more. You'll only ever be able to do that. You'll only ever grow in that area if you're willing to lean in and have those conversations. Great marriages are people who have sought to understand where their spouse is coming from. They have wisdom about how to move forward through that understanding. Because once you understand why your husband acts that way or why your wife thinks that way, it will change how you feel about them. Even though nothing's really changed but your understanding, the tensions go away when the understanding goes up. Paul talks about this in Ephesians, the attitude we should have. He says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with one another. Make allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Now, if it's a real problem, if you realize that this is more than just attention, this is a real problem that we're having right now, don't just try to manage that. That needs dealing with. That needs needs being resolved. But tensions... We just need to learn to manage the tensions, the differences that we have as a couple. And understanding and wisdom will help us do that. Let me read one last verse to close here this morning because I feel like it's a foundation to everything with regards to our relationship. It's the words of Jesus. We can read them in John chapter 13, verse 34. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Love each other just as I have loved you, you should love each other. So Jesus isn't just saying we should love each other, which is great advice for any relationship, but especially a marriage. Because love is more than just a feeling. Love is a decision, a choice we make to to love that person. He He doesn't just say love that person. He shows us how we should love that person. Not the way your parents loved one another, not the way your friends loved one another, not the way Raymond loves his wife or whatever show we happen to watch. He says, no, here's how you should love each other, just as I have loved you. And how did Jesus show his love for us? By choosing to die in our place. By choosing to give up his life, to give up everything, because he loved us so much. And if you're here this morning, you're new to church, if you're watching online, just checking us out for the first time, Jesus loves you so much. And he demonstrated that love for all of us in that even when we were still far away from him, he chose to come and give up his life for us so that we could have a relationship with God restored. That's how much he loves you and me. And he says, that's the example. 
You want an example of, of the, what the love in your marriage should like? You can say, Jesus, that is unattainable. I love my spouse, but I just, you're setting the bar way too high there. I'm not sure then. But Jesus says, I don't expect you to do this by yourself. I want to help you. I want to be a part of your relationship. This is the, the, the goal that you aim for. And with my help, you can show that kind of love to your spouse. That sacrificial love, that willing to, to give whatever it takes to demonstrate your love for that person you love. And on a practical sense, maybe that love is demonstrated just simply by making some time. Maybe this week that love is demonstrated by just leaning in a little bit more to try and understand your spouse's perspective, point of view, why they are the way they are. And I'm going to help you do that. When you leave today, at the doors, you're going to be given a card, okay? This is for you to take with you for a date night, okay? So I want you uh, married couples out there, you dating couples, you're going to take this with you, okay? And when you go out to, I'm afraid Cheddar's is closed now, so you're going to have to find another high-scale establishment to go to, okay? So uh, maybe you'll go out for coffee together, but uh, on the front, there's just a list of questions. Um, what What's your favorite feature of mine? What's the favorite meal I cook? Uh, do you think we would have been friends as children? Just some great questions to kind of inspire some conversation. And then on the back, there's some would you rathers. Would you rather live on the beach or in the mountains? Uh, would you rather be the funniest person in the room or the best looking? Which, that would be hard, because what if you're both, obviously? I mean, I'd have to give up one, I guess. But, uh... <laughs> but the whole point of this is to, to help you make time and lean in a little bit. Get to know the person you've chosen to spend the rest of your life with. To be proactive instead of reactive. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. And God, I want to thank you this morning for everyone here, Lord, whether they are single, single again, married, Lord. Every one of us are involved in relationships in our life. And every one of us have a great example in the way you showed love for us and how we should show love for others. But particularly in our marriage relationships this morning, those of us who find ourselves married for a short amount of time, a long amount of time, wherever we are, Lord, help us to get our ducks in a row in this area of our life. Help us not just to go through life just assuming that things are okay, hoping that things work out, hoping our relationship does okay. Help us to be intentional. Even if it's just making a goal of these two ducks to, to lean in and to make time, in our relationship, we'll see ourselves grow stronger as we continue to strive to do this. Lord, we can't do this in our own strength, so we ask you to help us, guide us, and Lord, I pray for all here, Lord, that you'd bless them today. Have them have a fantastic week. In Jesus' name, amen.